Welcome to the podcast, College Matters, Alma Matters. We podcast personal college stories and all things college. Check us out and subscribe at almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. Georgetown really set me on a path to where I am now, which is in the field of international education for sure. I mean, just by being a, a world-class university in kind of a major city in the United States with such a global um, student body and faculty, it really set me on a path to, to explore the world um, in kind of this push-pull kind of way. Um, mm -hmm. I would say it, it really pushed me kind of out into the world. Claire Overman is a graduate of Georgetown University with a bachelor's degree in Spanish language and culture. Claire discovered that languages came easily to her, starting in middle school. She learned Spanish and wanted to pursue it in college. Georgetown, with its international dimension, would turn out to be a great choice for Claire, given her language interests. We caught up with Claire to talk about her years at Georgetown University. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast. Um, I would have to say overall, my experience at Georgetown um, was very educational. And I mean mm -hmm. that in a, a number of senses of the word. I mean, I kind of narrowed it down to um, just the general, you know, education quality, the location, mm -hmm. um, size for sure. And then kind of just that X factor of that general feeling. So, somewhat large university setting. I quickly honed in on my kind of my, my area, which was this, you know, languages, linguistics kind of area. And, you know, it had its own building. Was a Spanish major, and then I also did a, some sort of concentration in Korean language. Mm -hmm. And so I made the case to go for the whole year abroad, but mm -hmm. split that year up into one semester in uh, Korea and one semester in Chile and South. Georgetown has has a unique affiliation with um, with the Jesuit community, and. Mm -hmm you know, just thinking about their values of, of inquiry, of being a person for others, of social justice, um, thinking about some of those, those qualities and what that means to you, how you, how that's been reflected in your life. I think. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Claire. So without further ado, over to Claire Overman. Hi, Claire. Hi. Welcome to our podcast, uh, College Matters, Alma Matters. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to uh, talk to you about, obviously, uh, what you did in your college years, but maybe a little bit about uh, where you ended up after that. So looking forward to this conversation. And as I mentioned, we are um, you know, targeting an audience of international aspiring students, and I think... Uh, what you have to share today should be of extremely um, beneficial and useful for these kids. So look forward to it. Great, great, me too. 
Very well. So maybe the best place to start is at the top. Um, you know, um, you know, it's been a few years, but just looking back at your overall experience at Georgetown, your undergraduate experience, um, what you feel about it looking back now? Sure. I, I was reflecting on this question a little bit, and I um, I would have to say overall my experience at Georgetown um, was very educational. And I mean mm -hmm. that in a, a number of senses of the word. I mean, for sure, the education itself was excellent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's no denying that some of the top professors and researchers in the world there. Uh, but I think it was also, as, as many college students will attest to, it was also just an extremely educational time in terms of personal growth, worldview, mm -hmm. um, you know, just understanding of, of, of life in general. So yeah, very educational yeah. in, in many senses of the word. Maybe we can sort of start with why you chose Georgetown, how that came about. Yep. Um, and, and sort of give us a little color there. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, I think there were a couple of different factors. I mean, you know, in the United States, we, we often in high school were laboring over this decision and, and looking at so many different types of, of institutions. I kind of narrowed it down to um, just the general, you know, education quality, the location. Mm -hmm. In um, size for sure, and then kind of just that X factor of that general feeling. So, I, I grew up in a household where um, just understanding that Jesuit education was of very high quality, mm -hmm. um, and so I had a lot of respect for just Jesuit schools in general. Um, I didn't go out seeking only Jesuit schools, but I knew, of course, Georgetown's name. Um, just it's a, it's a great brand name. Mm -hmm. so I really, I really, you know, I really liked their, their morals, their values. Um, I also really enjoyed the fact that, that Georgetown had this perfect combination of both being in Washington, DC, you know, a, mm -hmm. a metropolis while yeah. also um, having that traditional campus experience. Uh, mm. Another thing was just size. I mean, I knew that I didn't want either of the extremes of, you know, the super large state institution, big university. I also mm -hmm. knew I didn't want too small of a college either. So Georgetown was actually a perfect middle size. At the, at the time that I was an undergraduate, I think my class had about 2,000 students. Uh, mm -hmm. So that was a kind of a perfect size for me. And then I, I would just say, finally, I mean, going on that campus tour was really important. And that's where I got that X factor feeling of like just seeing all of the buildings and the hallways and the classrooms and the facilities and just understanding that this was a, a place not only of learning, but of growing the whole person. In high school and, you know, growing up, what were your interests? What what kind of uh, things were you into? Well, you know, I had a very busy high school time. I, you know, we, I went to a public high school uh, in the mm -hmm. Northeast and mm -hmm. academics were very rigorous there. Um, but I, I remember it being a very fun time and a, a time that I was involved with a lot of things. So I was um, into all sorts of extracurricular activities like volleyball and the orchestra. I played the flute. Uh, I did musical theater. 
I did some volunteering. I mean, I, I joined the anime club, you know, lots of different, I was very involved. <laughs> um, and actually I was, I was remembering that in my, you know, senior class yearbook, I was voted the quote unquote most versatile for doing all, all these different things. So I was just all over the place. So based, uh, you know, based on your choice, you end up at Georgetown. What was that transition like from high school to college, especially in your first year? How did all that go? Well, like I said, I, I, I was fortunate to have gone to a fairly rigorous public high school. So the transition was enormous in, in, in all the ways that going to a college would be um, mm -hmm. on your own for the first time, having to, you know, determine your own schedule, make all your own choices. Um, but in, in terms of academics, it actually was, wasn't too much of a stretch. Um, you know, Georgetown is the epitome of a liberal arts college. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was able to kind of take uh, that variety that I had you know, of my interests in high school and translate them in a lot of ways to my Georgetown education too. You know, I, my first and second years, you have a lot of flexibility with the courses you take. So, I, you know, I took everything from quantum physics to uh, world religions and ethics and philosophy and so, just so many interesting things that really helped satiate that, that part of me that was interested in lots of different things. Mm -hmm. um, I think also just a couple other things that were helpful in the transition from high school to college was just some of the skills that I, I think I had been able to uh, master in high school, which, which only, you know, got more honed in, in college of like, just kind of how to get through school, how to um, manage your time, how to, how to read things in a smart way, uh, so mm -hmm. you're not yeah. in things, but you're, you're, you're retaining information, um, you know, how to write a good essay, good study habits, things like that, I think were really key in that transition. How did you find the um, peers and your classmates? I mean, what were your impressions of the folks around you? Well, there, you know, there are a few stereotypes about Georgetown students. Um, mm -hmm. Some of those stereotypes are, are that it's a fairly wealthy population, that it's kind of preppy, uh, and that many people want to be politicians. And uh -huh. I say, you know, all of that's somewhat true to a certain extent. You can't deny that. But um, that it's actually, it was actually one of the most diverse places that I had ever been to. And, and a huge part of my experience there was meeting people from all over the world, all different walks of life, um, all sorts of perspectives and political views. Uh, and that diversity was, was just, just the best. Did you find them collaborative or competitive or how was that? Yeah, I think a little bit of both. I mean, at, when, at, at a school like Georgetown, of course, everybody is, is striving to achieve um, as much as they can. Sure. Uh, but I, I really felt like there was a culture of, of so-called, you know, work hard, play hard. So you mm -hmm. really, you're really focused on academics. You're trying to excel there, but you're also trying to um, be social, you know, have a life, you know, make friends, join clubs, etc. 
So maybe we can talk about the classes then. How was the general teaching, the professors? Um... Yeah, I mean, the like I said before, I mean, it's a it's a world class learning environment, and I um, I joined, I I came into Georgetown already knowing my major, mm -hmm. uh, which was Spanish, and I was particularly attracted to Georgetown also because they had this faculty of languages and linguistics um, that was actually part of the, the college, Georgetown College, but mm -hmm. just kind of had this reputation preceding it um, of having some of the best researchers and professors in the world. And um, I really found that to be true. So I, I kind of within a very somewhat large university setting, I quickly honed in on my kind of my my area, which was this, you know, languages, linguistics kind of area. And, you know, it had its own building and a lot of my classes were there. So I, I quickly found like a niche community. Let's talk a little bit about where this interest in Spanish language and culture came from. I mean, how did that happen? Well, I mean, I was very interested in um, Spanish in particular from, from a very young age. I think, you know, I think we started taking foreign language classes in middle school, perhaps. And it was just mm -hmm. one of those things that clicked for me. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there are certain things like, like math and physics and chemistry that never quite clicked for me. And Spanish mm -hmm. or just learning other languages was just one of those things. And I, I thought to myself, well, just, I enjoy doing this. I, I find it to be fun and interesting. And I, I think, I don't exactly know where this is gonna go, but I, I know that I like it and I'm gonna try to pursue it. So maybe this is a good time to sort of talk about outside the class, uh, a little bit about maybe the campus life, maybe start with the dorms and so the food and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it, it's a pretty typical U.S. college setup uh, where your, you know, freshman year, for instance, is very campus-based. Um, mm -hmm. I remember having assigned housing in the freshman dorms, and uh, at the time, you know, nearly everyone is on a, a meal plan, so you go to these mm -hmm. dining halls on campus and. Um, and then, you know, afterwards, it's, it's fairly flexible you, in terms of where you live. There's often, often these housing lotteries where you can go in with your friends on different um, places that are either uh, camp, you know, on campus or off campus. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I really, I really sometimes still crave, you know, the, the dining halls <laughs> at Georgetown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that it was like particularly great food, but just the, that feeling of like going into a place and being able to get whatever you want and it being very social and trying, you know, thinking about seeing your friends and all these different people in one place. That was always really fun. Um, I think in terms of, you know, uh, dorms it was also you know we had at least at georgetown we had um kind of single sex floors although they were mm -hmm. co-ed buildings so i was on a mm -hmm. floor in my freshman year with a bunch of other um young women and that was just that was a really nice entryway into college um where we got you know we made a lot of great friendships and kept those throughout the four years sure 
So um, were you in dorms all four years or did you guys typically move off campus or what, how did that work? Yeah, I did. I mean, I did, you know, first year dorms. And then I remember the second year, um, we, my friends and I, we got lucky in this, in this housing lottery and we uh, were able to live in a house that was, I think, owned by the, the college, but um, technically right off of campus. So it was mm-hmm. right in the front of the gates of, of the, the university. And so it was just a great location, um, but at the same time, and at the same time felt very uh, adult to be living kind of off campus already sure. in my second year. And then <laughs> my third year, you know, I went, I studied abroad, which was a huge part of my experience at Georgetown. And, and when I came back, my friends were kind enough to have uh, included me in their housing situation, which was uh, a, a house off of campus about, you know, six or seven blocks um, where we had, you know, seven girls living. So how about the cultural, social, and clubs and organizations on campus? Well, I remember when... I went for freshman orientation, which usually happens, you know, in the late, late August before the semester begins. You know, these um, coordinators, you know, upperclassmen just kept saying, yeah. get involved, get involved. You know? and, <laughs> um, and indeed, I mean, Georgetown is one of those places where everybody is involved in so many different activities. Um, and there's just any club you can imagine. Um, or I, I believe you can even just make your own. Uh, you know, sure. Sports, theater, uh, you could get a campus job, volunteering. Um, I joined the, you know, for me, college was a really important time of, of self-discovery and identity. And I joined the Korean Student Association, which was very mm-hmm. important to me at the time. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I explored the Asian American Student Association. I did... Um, I did a little bit of tutoring and volunteering uh, and got involved because of the language studies in, in some language buddy programs. You know, you mentioned study abroad. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about that experience before sure. we talk about your summers. Yeah. Um, I went into college, I went to Georgetown. One of the things that I thought about was that I for sure wanted to go study abroad. Um, I knew that Mm -hmm. was going to be a part of my college experience. And I knew that Georgetown had a very robust study abroad program, just a a lot of different offerings. Um, Mm -hmm. I was a Spanish major. And then I also did a, a concentration in Korean language. Mm -hmm. And so I made the case to go for the whole year abroad, but Mm -hmm. split that year up into one semester in uh, Korea and one semester in Chile, in South America. Oh, wow. Mm. And was able to justify that by, you know, by saying, you know, I'm I'm studying both of these languages. I need to immerse myself in both of those cultures. Um, Uh Indeed, it was a, it was a very um, whirlwind year of, you know, getting very intensely integrated into Korean, like a Korean society situation, and then going back to the United States for, you know, a few weeks, maybe, uh, and then heading out to Chile, a completely different experience. Um, But, you know, I'm in the field of international education now. So of course, I'm a proponent of study abroad in it. And it was indeed probably one of the most transformative experiences. So how are the two experiences? I mean, what 
what was similar, what was different for you? It was it really interesting. I, I, they were almost polar opposites in many ways. So when I, you know, my program in Korea was part of an international, I was part of kind of an international section of this university in Seoul, Yonsei University. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of adorned all together with um, intern, all the international students. Most of our classes were conducted in English um, mm-hmm. and had some Korean students in it, but it was mostly the international students who were there. We took uh, intensive Korean language classes as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say just because Korean for many of us there, uh, and especially for me, was not a, a like my first language, it yeah. was a little bit harder to truly integrate into into the the campus. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't spend a lot of time with fellow Korean uh, classmates, but there mm-hmm. was, you know, I made so many friendships from. All of these international with all these international students from all over the world from france from the netherlands from germany from russia you know all different places coming um to learn korean and be immersed in korean culture um so that was interesting and i came out knowing learn you know having learned a lot of korean um mm-hmm. but not i would say not still not quite fluent whereas with spanish when i you know went over to down to chile the it was a completely different experience we were immersed we were not in dorms we were in homestays like staying mm. with Chilean family in the city mm-hmm. um, speaking Spanish a hundred percent all day yeah. directly matriculated into the Chilean universities um, so having to take all of our classes in Spanish uh, participate just like a, a normal uh, student there and that was a whole different experience and it, you know, obviously, in many ways, much more immersive and really, you know, skyrocketed my Spanish capabilities during that time. Um, but it was also a lot, you know, a lot more uh, effort, a lot more tiring. I think it was a sure. very challenging experience to be thrown into something like that, um, albeit, you know, one of the most uh, transformative ones. Oh, yeah, it sounds... Uh... Sounds both fascinating and exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, and challenging. Yeah, course. yeah. Let's sort of hop back to Georgetown. And what did you sort of do during the different summers? Uh, how did you spend those valuable months? Yeah, you know, I was reflecting on this and I, I, I wish I had known more. <laughs> that, you know, nobody told me like, you have to get it, you should get an internship, you should get a leg up, you should go do all these different um, professional related experiences. I spent the summers doing various things, most of most of which was making, trying to make some money. So I, you know, I had a student job all uh, through part of college. Um, mm-hmm. working at uh, The Gap uh, in retail. And so yeah. I would go home for summers. I At least one of those summers, I re- remember uh, taking that job back home and, and working there and trying to save up some money. One year I did, um, I was lucky enough to go on a another kind of study abroad summer experience to Korea, to the same university mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, do another kind of intensive language program. 
So mm -hmm. a, a variety of things. I, I, I would say though, the, the common theme would be that I did not have a grand plan and yeah. was kind of, I, I, I can imagine I was just trying to figure out summer plans as, you know, as, as when the semester was ending. Sure. Now, do you think, do you think uh, looking back, obviously you would have liked to have done more, but did you, do you feel uh, like it hurt you in any way, hampered you in any way, or you know, it I, was okay? I think it, it's a, uh, I, I don't know. I, I really can't say for sure, Sure. but okay. I think that there are certain things that Georgetown um, like how, in terms of resume builders, you know, mm -hmm. having the Georgetown name on there is a great thing. I think the fact that I didn't have, I, I, that I have never had too many like internships or associateships on there, I, I wouldn't know, but I, I, I don't think it's hurt me <laughs> that much. Um, but I, well, I'll, I'll never know. Obviously your study abroads were pretty definitive and probably uh, maybe not game changing, but definitely defining experiences. And how, how do you think overall Georgetown has shaped what you've done subsequently? It immensely. I mean, I think it, Georgetown really set me on a path to where I am now, which is in the field of international education for sure. I mean, just by being a, a world-class university in Kind of a major city in the United States with such a global um, student body and faculty, it really set me on a path to to explore the world um, in kind of this push pull kind of way. Um, mm -hmm. I would say it, it really pushed me kind of out into the world by exposing me to many different types of people and experiences. Uh, and actually, especially after the study abroad experience, coming back to Georgetown, I actually felt kind of small. So I, I by the time I graduated, I felt like I was really ready. I was really ready to take on the world. I had kind of outgrown this place that had nurtured me for, for four years. Um, and, and I knew I needed more. So um, I kind of immediately, I immediately left the United States, actually. And I, I moved to Europe for five years. And um, I really wow. think that that was, uh, that was part, part of the kind of the fallout from, from Georgetown was, or the motivation that Georgetown gave me was like, I can do this. I can go be part of the world. Um, I think also, I mean, just in terms of being um, a kind of global citizen, I, it, Georgetown has absolutely prepared me for all the things that, that life throw at you, you know, um, intercultural skills, adaptability, you know, just a sense more self-esteem and a sense of identity. Um, mm -hmm. And then of course, like I said before, I mean, it, it, it has been a great credential to have on my resume and just in my back pocket um, throughout all of my professional experiences. I think it, it's not it, it's not the only thing that people are looking at, but I think it certainly has helped me get in get in the door, you know, get, mm -hmm. get that first interview just to to show who I am. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's really helped me so much. I, I and I would say just in terms of my major, um, it, it took a long time for that to materialize in terms of how did Spanish, uh, how did my Spanish degree in Spanish help me down the line? And you know, 
yeah. moving to Europe, I didn't use it uh, almost at all there. Um, right. But, you know, later in my life, you know, good, you know, halfway into my career where I am now, um, you know, I, I, I took one of, you know, a, a huge group of, of faculty down to Cuba uh, mm-hmm. and was one of the only people in, in a room of ministry colleagues who could speak Spanish and was able to really communicate um, effectively in, in the language at this really critical time for my career. And I, I felt really proud about that. And I remember writing to my parents at the time and just saying like, you know, now 10 years after graduation, I've, I've finally used that degree. Now, how did you hone in on international education? I mean, um, languages and culture, uh, and from there to sort of international education. Yeah, I mean, it was very, it was kind of circuitous. Like I said, I moved to to Europe and actually um, didn't have a working permit or anything like that. So was working at a, um, an international chemical company. um, And Mm-hmm. in their finance department, actually. This was the, the, the job that I could get. Um, and uh, I loved it. I thought it was a really great experience, although I'm, you know, I'm not a finance person, so it wasn't, it wasn't really my path. And I, after a, a number of years, I, I realized um, what, that I, kind of my roots of intercultural uh, communication and education kind of were calling me. And at the time, mm-hmm. I didn't really know about the field of international education. I um, had le- heard about things like comparative education or um, intercultural studies, international affairs, of course. But I just, I Googled at the time, just like international plus education plus like nonprofit, you know, kind of things that I knew I liked. And I found uh-huh. a master's degree in international education um, and ended up uh, pursuing that at, at New York University before sure. starting my current job. And if you were to kind of go back to Georgetown to spend another four years or four years all over again, um, what would you do differently? What do you think, knowing what you know now? Oh, if I could go back now, I would just... I would take advantage of so much more than I did. Uh, I, would, mm-hmm. I would take advantage of, of the people, the resources, um, all of the professors. I would have, I would try out new clubs, um, just been a, even, even more adventurous. I, I think I thought I was being adventurous or involved at the time, but I think looking back, I could have been even more adventurous, tried so many other new things. Um, I just, I think I didn't realize, nobody realizes how, how short the time is when you, that you can yeah. in college. Yeah, there's also a risk averse sort of element to all this too, when you are actually there, so. Yeah. If you were to give some advice and counsel to students of today, you know, looking to apply to college or maybe specifically to Georgetown, what would your advice be? Um, sure. I mean, I think Georgetown is a, a an excellent school, an excellent choice for um, anybody who is is really interested in opening their minds and 
um, you know, being a part of a, a very prestigious, high functioning kind of high ambition um, institution. I, I think if I were to give some advice, I think in general, it's um, important to think about the full breadth of who you are and try to demonstrate that in the things that you do and that you convey on paper or in interviews related to, to getting into college. Um, and then mm -hmm. specifically kind of how, like how Georgetown fits into that story. You know, how is, how is going to Georgetown specifically going to advance um, this, this narrative that you want to achieve for yourself? Um, I would also just another piece of advice would be maybe to think about um, because I said, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, Georgetown has, has a unique affiliation with, um, with the Jesuit community and, mm -hmm. you know, just thinking about their values of, of inquiry, of being a person for others, of social justice, um, thinking about some of those, those qualities and what that means to you, how you, how that's been reflected in your life, I think really helps, uh, will help to fit kind of help put you in Georgetown and fit that picture. So um, we are kind of nearing the end of our podcast. And before we sign off here, I thought um, I'd let you kind of share anything that you feel um, we haven't talked about or want us to talk a little bit more about or some fond memories of your Georgetown years, whatever you'd like to talk about. Sure. I, I mean, um, when I, I think back on my time there, I think it was very, like I said before, just very short and fleeting and but but and yet so impactful. Um, some mm -hmm. of my fondest memories, I think, have, were, you know, I think in, in, in my discussion of the academics, I, I failed to mention just all of the other opportunities that Georgetown has because of its proximity to the nation's capital. So, I mean, my some of my best memories are going to some of the events that they would hold in this, you know, old Healy Hall, which is their big event space. And it's this like beautiful old Gothic, you know, wood uh, space and you know I saw like the president of Columbia speak or you know Bill Clinton, Madeleine Albright, mm -hmm. um, Václav Havel, like these these huge figures and sure. um, they they all stop by and and often give uh, give a speech or something which is is just an incredible opportunity and I really felt like um, I had access to just some of the, the greatest uh, minds and leaders in the world. So that was always very exciting. Georgetown also, I mean, like many other um, higher ed institutions, just has a lot of fun rituals and traditions that um, as a student, you really kind of get involved in like the the fight song and either there are, are retreats that you can go on, um, uh -huh. other little traditions like that, that really um, help give you a sense of belonging while you're there and then, you know, help tie you to the university in the future too. So those are all really great memories. Um, and yeah, I, I think anyone would have the same if they do go. That's fantastic. Okay, so Claire, um, I wanna thank you again for taking the time and sharing in great detail your years at Georgetown. And uh, looks like 
it uh, turned out really well. So I congratulate you on your achievements and thank you again for sharing your thoughts. I'm sure the students will find it very beneficial. So uh, thank you. Take care. You. Be safe. And I'm sure I'll talk to you more. Okay. Thank you so much. Take care, Claire. Bye-bye. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Claire Overman about Georgetown University. Claire was very clear what she wanted to do in college. Her focus on languages early on enabled her to leverage the study abroad as a means to strengthen her scholarship of languages and cultures. Claire benefited immensely from her two study abroad tours, one in Korea, which was in part self-discovery, and the other in Chile to burnish her Spanish credentials. I hope Claire's story nudges you to explore Georgetown for your own college journey. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Many thanks to the counseling firm at Missionado for introducing me to today's guest, Claire Overmoon. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash almamatters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you.